Yo, what's going on everybody? It is 1 p.m. here in Chicago, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. It is a beautiful day here in Chicago. So everyone listening in on the podcast on the audio only version, hopefully you are having that kind of beautiful weather too. Um, I was actually a bit hot on my run for today and uh, it was great. I just ran in this, this uh, pink long sleeve that I got from Rabbit and some very thin gloves and that's all I needed as far as keeping me warm up top and it was really, really nice. I definitely enjoyed it and had a great run today. Everyone listening in on YouTube and watching on YouTube after the fact, not live, welcome to you guys too. Hopefully you had a great day and are sitting back now with a nice recovery beverage or maybe some evening coffee or afternoon coffee, whatever time it may be for you. I've just got some afternoon coffee because I definitely feel like I need it. Although I find that the days where I need it the most are the days that I get the least coffee. I mean, those two things are probably related. But it's usually just because um, it's a busy day and I just don't have time to sit down and drink a lot of coffee. So I'm going to try to make up for it a little bit while we're on the live stream here. And hopefully you guys can enjoy your uh, afternoon coffee or your evening after dinner beverage without too many interruptions. All right. Let's see. We got Luis Becerra in the chat live here he says yo what's going on just got an email for the la marathon got placed in corral c i don't know if it's because i signed up really late um because i did mine through asics they sent me like um like a promo code or whatever i don't remember giving being given the option to put a time in there so i got placed in the open corral so that's going to be interesting i don't know what that means open corral so i'll have to look into that a little bit more um i don't know if it's going to be a problem or not We'll have to see. <laughs> Sean Devlin says, what's up, everybody? What's going on, Sean? With a nice wave emoji. I love it. Ines says, hi, Kafuzi and everybody. Just a 5K with Pip tonight. Afterwards, keep the status for the Garmin. Status productive and VO2 max. So 58. So happy with that. That's nice. So I've been running with this Garmin. I just took it off for a minute while we were sitting down here. Um, and I've had it for maybe two weeks now. Like all my runs are on the Garmin. And it has my VO2 max at 56, which I feel like, I don't know if that's correct or not. But last week, I switched from doing three workouts a week to two workouts a week. And since I've done that, I feel much better. My workout today felt great. I felt very strong, and I feel like that was the right move. But um, my Garmin has been saying, you are uh, slacking in the anaerobic work department. <laughs> so, um, you know, the Garmin... You know, when people complain about the Garmin being a little bit, you know, bossy, I think that's definitely true. Mine was telling me, like, you should probably do some workouts. Even though I was like, I'm pulling back because I was on the edge. I was doing too much. And it didn't care. It said, you did more before. Keep doing more. I think you just got to keep, you just got to keep feeling, uh, feeding it, you know. Um, Tommy Runs is here, says, homie, what up, what's going on, Tommy? Hope you're doing well. Tommy's been putting in some work been seeing some of his workouts on Instagram stories. Um, you guys, for your PR project, you're running really fast. So hopefully the weather continues to improve for you guys over there too, so you can keep getting out there and putting in those miles. Awesome. Um, Daniel M says, you just saw a UT football player training for the NFL Combine at the track. That's cool. Very interesting. Um, I've been listening to... Um, I, I didn't really hear too much about the poop gate story. Um, I wasn't all that interested in it. I mean, like, basic, my understanding was, like, people pooped, like, on the infield or somewhere. 
where they easily could have not pooped while they were at the high school track. But then someone on TikTok was like, TikTok yesterday was like breaking it down even further um, about how like normally like the concession stand is open so they can use the restroom, but they wasn't. And so they instead, I mean, I don't know, I guess out of frustration, pooped in front of the door that was locked, which seems I can understand that, you know, you lock my door, I'll make it your problem. You could have avoided this problem. But anyway, I've been thinking a lot more about the poop gate uh, situation, and I really want to know who it was. I I feel like it's in everyone's interest for them not to kind of like disclose when they know who it is. But I also feel like I, I really feel like we should find it. We should that's knowledge we need to know. It's just, that's a matter of public interest. <laughs> uh, I just thought about that when you're talking about a football player, a UT football player at the track. Martha's here and says, I miss, sorry I missed the last two live streams, but I'm glad to be here, though I'm expecting a phone call. Well, that's okay, Martha. Glad to have you here today. You were missed for sure. And Martha also says, Co, ignore the Garmin and go by how you feel. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. The Garmin has also been telling me, like every, because the Garmin, like it just gives you a lots of data more than more data than I want in certain areas and not as much data as I want in others putting my thoughts together I think maybe next week or the week after I think I got to do some trails and really get lost because the main reason I bought this was for the maps so I got to do some mapping but um I'm, I'm pretty much ready to put my thoughts in other than the mapping but the one thing it tells you every day is like okay based on today's run here's how much you should rest and every day it tells me like 40 hours, 50 hours, 72 hours. And I'm like, I, uh, it's adaptive enough to know that I've been doing three anaerobic workouts or three like intense workouts a week. But it's not adaptive to know that like I don't need to recover 72 hours after an easy run. Like uh, that's that, that doesn't, doesn't make sense. I don't know. Um... Lee says about the corral times. He said, when I was registering, I did put my last marathon time, but it was from 2019. I guess they accepted it. Yeah, I don't know. If, I think, I mean, I don't know what open corral means. I guess open corral means last corral. Reminds me of the time that Seth did his first New York City marathon. And he was like way at the back and he was just like running through a crowd of people in the beginning. So like, I'm worried that that's what's going to happen. But then I'm also like, I don't know if I'm in there because maybe, I don't know if I'm getting a different kind of bib because of ASICs. I just don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. Um, Michael Haney says, the LA Marathon tip. I found the perpendic area perpendicular start by what looks like an old gas station is not crowded and seems to have plenty of open porta johns. Everyone seems to hang out by the bag check. All right. Well, that's good to know. Great tip, Michael. Thank you. I mean, I always feel like there's always a spot for every race where there's like some porta potties that are not as slammed. And that's because it just seems like it's farther away or people are nervous about getting to where they need to go on time. That's a pun, not intended though. <laughs> but you know, you just gotta find, you gotta find the space, even if it's a little bit farther away to get to that porta potty. Carrie Smith is here, says, yo, what's going on? And uh, Inna says, my Garmin tells me to do more high aerobic workouts, but I don't listen to it. <laughs> really? My Garmin only tells me aerobic versus anaerobic. I guess, I don't know. I've been looking at, I've been running with it long enough where it gives me like the recommended workout of the day. And I never do it. Because a lot of times it'll be like, you know, the day after a run where it says I need like 50 hours to recover, the next day it recommends a run. And I know there's a setting to make it not recommend a workout, but just for the sake of testing, I've been leaving it on. 
And like every day it recommends today, some days it says you should rest. A lot of days it just tells me I should rest and it's not completely wrong. But other days it'll tell me like, here's the workout you should do today, easy run. It's only ever recommended for me easy runs. And it's like, it says 34 minutes at 10 miles and 10 minutes per mile. And I'm like, that's a, that's not a bad suggestion for me, but I'm like, um, you know that I've been running, I've run every day since I started wearing the watch and I've been averaging like 80 miles a week. So like, I just don't think that, I don't know, maybe it's smarter than I am. Either that or it's wrong. One of the two, either way. I'm happy. Pedro says, good afternoon, everyone, with a peace emoji. Love it. Good to see you, Pedro. Um, and JC says, I'm always amused by Garmin's idea of proper recovery time. Yeah, I don't know. It always seems very, very long for everyone. Like, I've not seen anyone that's like, yeah, this Garmin recovery time predictor is spot on. And, like, I've never seen anyone do that. But then again, I guess everyone, everyone I know probably overdoes it a little bit. <laughs> um cody davis says my polar vantage tells me i'm overreaching if i do too many days in a row but i feel good so i keep going yeah the, my polar will sometimes tell me i'm overreaching it generally tells i'm detraining more than it does tell me that i'm overreaching but sometimes it, when it's really intense it will tell me so i think but i feel like that probably is more seems more right and more consistent with what i'm feeling than what the garmin is telling me you know Martha says, my Garmin is the most basic. She has the Forerunner 35 or maybe the 45. She doesn't remember. And she's glad about it because it doesn't tell her any of this stuff. Just gives me my run metrics and Strava correction always makes them even better. There you go. You know, there's part of me that's just like, well, I like sensors, external sensors. And so like, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of, I mean, not that bike computers are cheap, but a lot of bike computers are kind of more like head units. And I think sometimes people call them head units. Where like it does some stuff on its own, like it has maps or GPS and um, and can do other basic tracking like a watch would. But it, they're really designed to be optimized for when you have a speed and cadence sensor and a power meter. And, and then if you have a heart rate monitor, it all talks to that together. And like the head unit is more of a display and a data collector than it is the data generating device. And I, I like that concept. Um, so like when sometimes when like, you know, the Coros Pace 2 or the Garmin 245 or like the Vantage M from all those brands like is enough. I don't need all the other stuff because I have other like sensors that are telling me that information. But then other times I'm like, but you know, I think a lot of people don't want to run with a lot of that other stuff. So something for everybody, I guess. Um, Jeff Elliott says, are you using the 945 LTE? I've been looking at for a watch with um, OWS capability and have been wondering if I should just get the Coral Space 2, which is dramatically cheaper than the Phoenix 7 or whatever. Um, yeah, this is the 945 LTE. I wanted to get that white um, Phoenix 7, I think it's a 7X solar, but I, I just don't know when that's ever gonna come out. And I just really wanted to test some Garmin mapping. So I, I went ahead and got this one. And I feel like ultimately, like, I don't know if I need a Phoenix. I would like a Phoenix, but I was like, all right, well, this is a watch that I want to buy myself. And I'm look, I was looking at like $1,000 for it. And I'm like, that's a lot of money for a watch. Um, so I went with the 945 because I wanted the maps. 
and I don't know, I think the 745 does breadcrumb trails, but it doesn't have mapping like the 945. So that's why I went with that. The Coros Pace 2, I believe, doesn't have full maps. I think you got to go to the um, Apex Pro in Coros to get like full color maps. Because my I did the Apex and it just did like breadcrumbs. So like if you set a route ahead of time, it'll tell you if you're on the route or not, but it didn't have like, here's where you are kind of mapping. So that's kind of why, like, like the, my thinking with this one. Just because on a lot of those trails that I go on in when I'm in Iowa, I, I don't, I know them well enough that I don't need to set out a route. And then sometimes when I do try to set out a route in some, like when I was using Polar, for example, the routes that I set up ended up taking me on some weird meanders that didn't make sense and I wouldn't have gone on if I just looked at the trail and tried to figure it out myself. And so I'm like, well, I mean, I really just need a map in case I go off course to just confirm, all right, this is kind of what I was thinking. I just don't want to sit down and have to like make a route before I go on a run a lot of times. I just want to go on the run. Which, you know, is probably why I get lost so often because I'm just so impatient. <laughs> All right, CV76, coming in with first impression of the streak fly. It's like the Rebel version 2, very light and just the right amount of foam for workouts. Interesting. Hmm. I've been thinking a lot about the Rebel 2. I went on a run with it the other day. And um, I'm thinking, uh, I, you know, the track is finally thawing out. And I might get on there for a couple of... Um, eight, I'm going to do some mini workouts in, during the taper. And I might hop onto the track. Um, just do a couple of 800s, not a full Yasso, but something like it. And I was thinking I might bust out the Puma Liberate, which reminds me also a lot of the Rebel version too. So I've been thinking a lot about those shoes. I think the Streak Fly is now available like in stock, but I don't know. Like I feel like oh, the original, like, I don't know if I'm going to get it anymore. I tried, but maybe Mm, Stevie 76 says LA Marathon tip they pay extra for the VIP tent I think A6 is hooking me up with that so I have to go check my email and stuff so I think that's where I'll be pre-race um, yeah Edgar says it's uh, about that hospitality tent it's a heated tent with their own bathrooms Chicago Marathon also has a something like that and it, it, my, my running buddy and I get it and it's so good because you get your own bag check you get your own set of bathrooms and like it's just a buffet of food for both before and after. So it's really, really nice, especially on a cold day. And the last time the two of us ran it together, it was really cold that day. And uh, it was nice to be in a tent. Steven C. 1984 says, any clothing advice for either light, heavy rain on race day for a half marathon? Open for anyone in the chat too. Uh, if it's going to be heavy rain, then I would probably go with like a, like a rain layer. Um, and maybe what you want to do is pin your bib to pants if you want. Um, so that way, if you're taking on or off the layer, like you, maybe you're going to shed it during the middle of the race. Um, you could do that. I've seen people like start out races in a garbage bag. So that way when they're, you know, getting really hot and they don't care if they're that wet anymore. They'll just rip it off and, and toss it like at a water station in the garbage. And then I've seen other people like wear um, 
pin their bib to their jersey, wear a rain layer on top for while they're getting ready for the race to start and then shed that right when the race starts. So you might want to have some throwaway layers is, is what I could um, recommend. And then depending on where you are, um, light rain for me usually means I want to bring some sort of glove unless it's like middle of summer um, because it just makes everything cold. And especially like as you're getting ready to race, like that cold hand feeling, my hands get cold real easy, but that cold hand feeling is really like distracting for me. All right, let me scroll down and catch up with you guys. I'm a little bit further behind. Um, all right, Mika says, in the end, he picked up a pair of Mizuno Wave Rider 25s from clearance. Have to say, rather like them. 12 millimeter drop is a nice change. Full energy midsole is a blast. Paid only 44 euros, so can't complain. Nice. I do like that energy midsole. Um, I, it does feel like a little bit heavy at times, but I feel like they're they're like it's improving. You know, I really like it when like the brands like start turning around and are like, all right, it's time to get up. We've been resting on laurels too long. We got to get up and start getting back into game. So I think that I'm excited for Mizuno. I don't love the 12 millimeter drop. And I think sometimes I feel like it's more than 12. I don't think I ran, did I run in the 25? I don't remember if I ran in the 25 or the 24. I think I ran in the 24. Because I, when I got it, the one that I had only had partial NRZ foam in it. Which I, I don't love that name for foam. But I did recently get an email from Mizuno. And they were like, hey, we just want to make sure we have your address and sizing for everything. Because we got some stuff we would like to send you. And I'm like, yes, please send it. I'm excited. So I'm, I'm very hopeful for the new stuff to come. Let's see what else we got here. Um, Daniel M says, Co, would you ever do a week of training with just a basic Timex for fun? If I did, um, I would probably also wear a second watch just so that I can like still have the data to compare it to. Um, then it could be like a, a week of like what I thought I did versus what I did. And I really think I could do that. Frankly, like when I've been running with the, the Garmin 45, uh, 945, there's a, a watch face that's just the time or just the heart rate. And so like I've been just doing that. I don't know. I don't even look at it that much, but just like I'm so used to like looking down, glancing down and seeing what's happening and just kind of like seeing like, all right, okay, 142, 138, or like it's all right, I've been running for about an hour. So for most of my easy runs, you know, I know where I'm going and I know what easy feels like, you know, lately because I've been watching it a little bit more because I've been trying to pull back just a little bit from the intensity before the taper in this training block. And so I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm running easy. What's the pace translating to? And that pace has been getting faster, which in my mind means that, all right, the body is recovering better from that heavy load of workouts. What feels easy is speeding up a little bit again. When I'm like in heavier, heavy training, you know, what feels easy is just really, really slow because I'm just so tired. You know, and so uh, I don't really look at it all that much. The only time I really look at it is for workouts. Um, and even then, I'm pretty dialed. I'm feeling really dialed in right now. And so um, I really only need it to, like, tell me when to start and when to stop. 
you know, so I've really just been looking at the time. So I definitely think I could do with just a basic Timex because I've been spending a lot of time doing the same like handful of workouts and getting a feel for like what the different efforts feel like. And so I feel like I'm pretty good on that. I think I could try it. Maybe I'll get a, maybe I'll get a Casio or a Timex. See how that goes. But I'll still have all the other sensors because I don't know. I think there's maybe there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of the completely off the off the data. But I don't mind like running without knowing for right now. I could totally do that. Um all right. Let me keep scrolling down. Stevie 76 says if you're looking for a throwaway layer, there's a $16 throwaway Hanes zip hoodie on Amazon. Yeah, there's those Hanes like sweatpants and like hoodies. They come in every single color that Hanes makes. And you can get like ratching top and bottom. And they're really, really cheap. They're not super comfortable. And it's just 100%. I think they're just like 100% cotton. So like if it's raining, it's going to get wet, you know. But if you're just looking for a throwaway layer, that's a pretty solid one. Stevie76 says he runs on the sundial. <laughs> that's funny Naeem good to see you again Naeem says just drop in to say hi da daughter dad time enjoy the show alright well I hope you guys are having a fun time today C-Town mm. fan says though like if I run with like the Timex or the Casio it won't be on Strava and if it's not on Strava it doesn't count yeah I mean I'll still have the other watch to kind of back me but I'll cover it I'll like I don't know, I'll put tip black tape over it or something just to make sure I've started and stopped the activity, but just to give a sense of like how well can I do it. I know uh, this Messy Happy had like a challenge of like trying to run like multiple kilometers in a row um, with appropriate rest, you know, and trying to get the same time, see how dialed in people are. And I was like, I can't do that challenge because I will lose. I have no idea. Since then, I've really worked on it. So now I'm, I think I'm okay. Maybe. Daniel says, but like, it would be tough, though, not to look at the data for a whole week. Oh, yeah, that would be hard. But, like, I mean, I do the same, like, handful of routes, so I would know the distance. I would know the time. You know, and overall, like, you know, me just, like, running for a certain amount of time is probably more important than running for any specific distance. So I think I'd be, I think, I don't think it would bother me that much, except for, like, it would be weird to not, like, update Strava. I mean, there would be updates happening, but I wouldn't look at them for a week. That I think would be hard. Cody Davis has a great question. Do you think it's a good idea to stay in a family of shoes? Like I've always been a Nike guy for everything, but just ordered three Asics, the Nova Blast, Nova Slate 3, and the Metaspeed Sky. Um, I think that it can be, but like, I, I think it matters if you wanna actually stay in the same family. So like some shoes might be from the same brand, but aren't in the same family. And so, like, I think that there's shoes like, let's look at Hoka, for example. There's, like, the Clifton, and I think that kind of lines up a little bit better with the Rocket X. And then the Mach 4, I think, lines up a little bit better with the Carbon X2 or Carbon X3. And so, like, those I would consider, like, the same family. Like, the Endorphin Speed and the Endorphin Pro and, you know, I guess the Endorphin Shift are all in the same family. But I don't think that they're necessarily... 
share as many similarities as like say like a beacon no that's new balance Saucony, uh like the ride for example i think though that they're starting to cross pollinate a little bit more at Saucony, but like that really set apart as like a separate collection for a while you know and so i think that if it's the same family then make sure you're really staying in the same family that being said i don't think you have to one of the things that I like to do is mix and match precisely because I want differences, differences in like heel drops, differences in like firmnesses of the shoe. Uh, and just really making sure that I'm picking like different shoes for different jobs, making sure that that matches. And I think that's more important necessarily than buying like the whole set. That being said, like that one year when Saucony had the blackout collection, like all those shoes look really great, and I really enjoyed having the entire line. Like the Triumph, the Kinvara, like all the ride, like all the shoes, was it the ride? I'm trying to think of all, they had like almost all their shoes had a black upper with a gray midsole, and they all looked really good. Like that, that's fun. I really enjoy that. But other than that, I don't think you need to. It's, if you want to do it, you certainly can. Mm. Jay from LA says, I live five miles, miles away from Santa Monica. Hope to see you at the shakeout run. Awesome. Can you share your time goal for the LA Marathon? Sorry for the tough question. I, I mean, I'm going to go for the three hours. Um, I mean, the Super A goal would be like, I don't know how I would even decide this. I think there's one part of the marathon where it's like a long sustained uphill. I think depending on how I feel after that, you know, um, it, I think that's around mile like eight or nine or something like that. I, you know, I, I think that 258 is in the realm of possibility i don't know if the la marathon course is the course for it and i don't know if the weather is going to be the right weather for it i suspect that's going to be hotter than i would like but um you know i would really love to get either a 258 marathon or a 125 half marathon to get guaranteed entry for the new york city marathon for 2023 but um you know i'm definitely not going to be greedy i think the plan is I mean, depending on the corral situation, so I got to figure that out. It's going to make me a little bit nervous, but uh, I would love to be able to um, just sit with a three-hour pack for like the entire time. And like, if I feel great at the end, I'll give extra high fives, you know, <laughs> and I'll smile extra hard. You know, that's I'm happy to do that. I'm not like that interested in like, ooh, I want to get into 258, or I want to be like 259 low. Like, I, I don't care. As long as I could squeeze in under three, I think that'd be great. If I don't, you know, if I come in at 302, like I did it at CIM, if I come in at 305, great. You know, like the, I think like the B, the B goal would be, you know, to get another BQ, just like, cause not that I need another BQ, but cause I got one at CIM, but the goal would be to get that. as just kind of a benchmark. That being said, like, you know, I have a little bit of house money to play with, I think, cause I have a pretty solid, um, BQ time, uh, like seven minutes under my BQ time, my BQ times three, three ten at my age group. So like, you know, I can, I can take some risk, potentially blow up, but also potentially have a really great day. So like, I'll have to see kind of, as we get closer, what the weather's going to be like, look at the elevation profile a little bit more, see how I'm feeling during taper to see exactly, you know, where do I really want to line up? I know that the first couple, at least the first one or two miles though, I'm definitely gonna run at like over seven minute pace. And that's been working really well for me. 
um, I ran like a seven, like over a seven minute mile when I ran with Mark at the Clearwater half marathon. And I just felt like easing into the race a little bit more is just the way that I need to go. And so like, that's going to be a little bit weird lining up with the three hour pace group to like, be like, lose 10 seconds on them in the first mile, but I'm okay with that. I I'll, it'll figure itself out. It's a long, it's a long race, plenty of time. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> Chris Day says, hey folks, with a nice wave emoji, he says, late from a work call, no Wednesday mukbang to continue the streak? Not today, not today. You know what? After I ate all those donuts yesterday, I was so tired. I was exhausted. You would think all that sugar would make you like super hyper. Not for me. I was more lethargic than I've been probably this entire marathon training block. I was just like, I wasn't full. I just felt like I got hit with a tranquilizer dart. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, all right. Melvin Yumeng says, hey, Co, you got a 150.09 in the hypothermic half on Sunday. Not a PR, but good enough for a 16th overall. We'll give that a cowbell. That's awesome. And 12th male as a clue to the conditions. Ooh. It was half snowpack road and half a ruddy single track trail around zero degrees Fahrenheit. That is bonkers. Great job. Great job coming in 12th male, 16th overall. Ooh gotta be cold did you go with goggles and we were talking about that goggles and a face covering is that where you're going what you gotta tell me what you how'd you cover your face for that long oh, zero degrees fahrenheit I, can, I don't think yeah about one hour 50 is probably about as long as i could last in temperatures like that and covering a half marathon in that amount of time at that temperature especially when it's a trail half marathon at least half of it was that's that's real impressive great work great work um and, and it says about the running with just the regular watch it says as much as running to feel and not getting too obsessed about data is a good thing it's quite amazing the information we can record with a good watch and a chest strap these days i enjoy tracking runs yeah i mean there are some, i mean whenever like i hear people that are like super obsessive about like you just gotta run by feel um normally it's usually people who have been running for like 20 or 30 years but also, I'm like, that's great for you. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be that way for everybody. I, I do enjoy the data. I don't look at it most of the time. But like, I like having it there. I like having a record of it. It's part of the enjoyment for me is like, kind of like looking back and seeing like the stack of bricks laid up in a nice pile, you know, like that, that is enjoyable to me. Like when I go look at the Strava thing, now that I've subscribed to Strava and it gives me like the calendar with all the circles on it, I really enjoy looking at the dots on the calendar. I, I mean, it's a small thing. And sure, I could like make that and recreate that myself. But I just enjoy like the way that Strava does it uh, as collecting all my data, regardless of which watch I'm using. So it's just, you know, I enjoy the tracking. That part is satisfying for me. I don't think that I overdo it on it. I mean, I'm on there a lot, but I, th I think it's still healthy for me. <laughs> um, someone had a question. All right. KCA had a question. It says, afternoon all. Sorry if you already answered this, but we'll be in Boston for the marathon. BAA 5K is that Saturday, and it's an awesome event. Super excited to run it in person again. Um, I still have not booked anything for Boston. 
I also have not heard back from the BAA. I requested media credentials. Well, I didn't request because like, I don't know if it's already too late because I, I, I tried to contact them like months ago. And the information that was available on the website was for if you want media credentials for the fall October Boston Marathon. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm, I must be too early to request it for the spring, but I haven't heard back from them. So like, um, if I can't make a video, if I'm going to, you know, if the video is going to be like requested to be taken down, like serious runners, I don't really want to go and spend all the money. You know, I want to go and have, it'll be fun. And in that sense, in and of itself, that would make it worthwhile, but it's a harder a business decision for me to go. If I don't think I can make a video, like how do you go to Boston as a YouTuber and then don't make a YouTube video of it? It's really weird. Right. So like, I don't know, but the BAA is making things hard for me. I do want to go and I don't know where I would stay because I'm sure everything's booked by now. When I was going to race Boston before the pandemic, I had that, I had that hotel booked early, really, really early. And then when the date moved and it was going to be in September, I rebooked to another date super fast. And now I'm just like, I don't care. I don't know. I'll get there if I get there. Not, I'm gonna, I'm not running, so it's different. So, um, but I, I know, I know, I'm gonna be, be like really bummed if I don't go. So I gotta start thinking about that. I gotta get, I gotta get on top of things. Melvin says it was overcast on the day when he did his zero degrees Fahrenheit half marathon run race. Didn't even wear any eye protection, just a couple of buffs. A couple of buffs? How did that work? You got like one on the bottom and then one on top. I'm like, that's a lot, a lot of buffs. How do you do multiple buffs? I've only worn one at a time. Never did multiple. All right, Martha says, Mike, I think you can still get a room at the Courtyard North Station where we're staying in Boston. They're not part of the Marathon Tours booking and prices are similar. Great location. All right. All right, I'm going to write that down. Put that in my phone because I got to look for it. And then I got to talk to my wife about calendaring and stuff because I got a lot of stuff. A lot of super fun stuff um, that I need to put on the calendar. I got to talk to my wife about. We got to figure it out. All right. Courtyard North Station in Boston. All right. I'll check it out. Um, yeah. Louis says 310 to qualify for Boston. And he has the e emoji. He says, I'll stick to just make my marathon PB under four hours. You know what? I was thinking about it. I think about it frequently. There was one time where I think it was after the 2017 Chicago Marathon where I think it was 2017. After the 2017 Chicago Marathon, I ran like a 340 something. And shortly after that, it was Halloween and we were back in Iowa for Halloween. And one of my my in-laws in-laws. So um I'm not really related to that person, but they're kind of my cousin. So I was talking with them and then um, they were like, oh, how'd your marathon go? And I was like, it was going great. I did like almost an hour better than the last time I ran one, it's like six or seven years ago. And they're like, oh, so you must be wanting to qualify for Boston. And I was like, never. They're like, what? I thought all marathoners wanted to run Boston. I'm like, I would. But for me to go from 343 to, it was 315 at the time, I think, or 314 at the time before they changed the numbers. Um, they were, it was like, 
314, and I was like, I have to run more than a minute per mile faster to get to that time. And that just seems impossible. And I was like, so, nope. And I was like, I don't think most regular people understand how fast a Boston qualifying time is. And I was just like, it's just inconceivable. So, don't say never, Luis. Not that you did, but you can do it if that's what you want. Um, yeah, Martha says about the whole BAA thing, there are tons of videos of Boston Marathon filmed both by runners and spectators, and only Steven Gnoza had that issue. Not much other than the satirical aspect. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the other thing, I mean, one thing to think about is we might not know if there's many others that, um, I mean, we know about Steven Gnoza's issue and run-in with the BAA. We don't know if other people have had similar things where, you know, they've been asked to take it down. But I mean, like, yeah, it runs the gamut of like, there are some YouTube accounts that have just replayed the TV broadcast of the entire or parts of a Boston Marathon, and they still seem to exist. And they've been up for like months, if not years kind of thing. And then there are others who have like taken footage from during the race and are like filming the race. And then there's others where people have filmed like from the sidelines you know and those are all up there and fine they're from small channels so i doubt that they would have contacted the baa first to secure a media license and all that stuff you know so um yeah it i think a real problem if i were baa's legal is i think they have a real problem in the fact that they're not consistently enforcing this notion that spectators that are standing on public property are filming their race and granted like yeah they're putting on the race so like you wouldn't have anything to film if they didn't do it but it's not like i don't know just to be if i'm standing like in my home let's say i live along the boston marathon route and shooting outside the window with my camera like that the baa could say like well that violates our even though we have no contractual relationship with you we can tell you to take it down i mean they can't but I mean, I don't know. I don't know what kind of weird argument that is, but like, I don't know. It's just strange. And I think BA has a real problem and that they need to figure that out. I do know that, like, I know Thomas told me that when they did the, um, the run project with Jordan Trope doing the three marathons in three days, they did um, contact the BAA and they secured a license. So that's kind of like where I'm, I'm like, well, if they need to do it, then I probably need to do it too. So um all right surya ayush says hello and he says where are you from i'm from chicago well i'm originally from new jersey then i lived in st louis for a while and now i live in chicago sean devlin says as far as filming boston the run experience filmed some of it last year when coach, coach morgan ran see they're big enough though that they may have gotten a license from them i don't know i don't i don't know anyone over at the run experience unfortunately um so i don't have anyone over there that i can ask if that's what they did but i would suspect that they probably did chris dyke says i'm running my first marathon in over 10 years in eight weeks bq is on the table based on a recent half marathon all right there you go got eight weeks what's that like may 1st then something like that or maybe yeah that's probably like or end of april good luck chris i think i mean you got a good half marathon time then you're you're set yourself up well 
Yeah, Martha says in October a Chinese couple who ran filmed the entire course and it's still. I've 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 seen that video. It def it does definitely stole up. I mean, but they might just be like, whatever. It's not like we're gonna go. We're, it's like we live in China. We're not gonna go to Boston again. Um, so do what you want, kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Inna says, I have to decide to, to either enter an ultra this year and run it on my own, or do a long run off my own back and run it with Pitt. I'm leaning towards running with Pitt. You know, that being said, though, you do run with Pip a lot. You know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but doing an ultra might be fun, too. Aren't there some, are there any races? There are some half marathons. I mean, we did a trivia about this. There are some half marathons where running with your dog is allowed, right? And it's not a candy cross event, you know, so it's not like that, but. I'm trying to think because I feel like we had that conversation and then like in that conversation we talked about it and someone was like I once ran a race where you hoped you didn't get stopped by the cargo trains and if you did you just had to wait for the trains to pass and it would take a couple minutes yeah I don't know I, I'm, I, I would I would lean towards the ultra I mean uh, also why can't you do you can't do both maybe it's the amount of time you know Jason Dahl says, I turned 40 this year, so that puts my PR just inside one hour away from my new BQ timer. All right, slowly chipping away. There you go, there you go. You got to keep at it. The BQ time will keep coming down, like the, the eight, you know, your time will come down and the amount of time you get will rise. So like at some point they'll meet in the middle, you know, just keep, keep at it. Andrew says, I'm racking my brain on how to get down to a BQ for my age, which is three hours. It'll take lapping above about 25 minutes of my first marathon time. I'm hopeful, but also a little bit daunted by the work it'll take. Yeah, but I mean, I think just keep working on improving. Like, I would say um, I made a lot of improvement from, I went from like 3.43 one year to like 3.17 to like 3.02. Now, granted, that was a big downhill one, but um, in, in the course of like two years. So um, a lot can happen in two years with some consistency. And at no point was I like, well, from this 3.43, I'm going to get that BQ time. I was like, I'm just going to keep running. I'd like to get under 3.30, you know, or under 3.20. When I went for 3.30, I got a 3.17, you know. So it's like there's there's ways to get there, stay consistent. And, yeah, I just don't think about it as like I got to cut off 25 minutes. Just work on improving. And then you'll get there. You'll get there. My my, I mean, my first marathon time was like a four forty, so like, I've come, I've already come a long, I'm a very long way, from my first marathon time. So it's doable. Mm. All right, Chris Tech says, yeah, it's May first. Cool. Yeah, I gotta. I'm gonna try to write a running um a uh, training plan. For my running buddy, I should have done it already. I didn't realize it was eight weeks away because we're running a marathon May 1st as well. Or maybe it's May 5th. I got to check. We're doing a trail marathon out in the suburbs. And um, I know he's been running all winter. We've been running a lot of Saturdays together. So he's in decent, he, he does a lot of bike commuting. So aerobically, I think he's in good shape. 
but he just doesn't know how to like do workouts i think so i think i'm gonna try to put together a plan andrew says i doubt the baa could legally force videos taken off uh taken up the race from someone off the course but they can probably enforce a ban from running the race for people who post these videos without permission i mean i think that's you know they have other measures you know like so could they sue no i think that from like legally i'm trying to think it through is to say like you know you know someone is basically freeloading off of their efforts um and their policy is that anyone that wants to do that needs to get a license from them or pay a license you know after the fact um and i think legally there's not much they could do just like if i happen to live like in wrigleyville and pearl jam is playing a concert i could stick a microphone recorder out my window and that's mine i can't sell that you know because those are still copyrighted in a way but like you know i can own that i can have that so i don't know i mean it's not a copyright issue because it's my copyright and i don't know so like it, it is tenuous at best but the fact that it's inconsistently applied i think is really problematic for them so yeah <laughs> daniel m is advocating civil disobedience against boston i just think that it's a, not a great time for races to be bullies so about it and so i don't i mean i don't think that it's a problem i don't i don't know i would love to interview someone at the baa to see what the deal is with that but i also know that steven doesn't want that to be like a big deal because again he wants to run the race he loves the race the whole video was an homage to the race you know um but i guess they didn't see it that way or i don't know what they were thinking so i don't you know want to make a big stink about it but i guess i didn't make the big stink they did but yeah yeah so Daniel M says, how is the home of the Boston Tea Party going to be so authoritarian? <laughs> well, I don't think it, it's not the city of Boston. It's the BA. Well, the thing is, like, the BAA is, like, um, I mean, the best, the the most, you know, the thing they could do is they could prevent you from running the race. And I want to run the race, you know, and I haven't run it yet. So maybe after I run it, then I'll be like, I don't care if they ban me. I don't think that they would ban me, but uh, I don't know. I guess that's something they could choose to do. Uh, and that would be their prerogative, and I probably would complain a little bit, but you know, ultimately, you know, I knew that going. It's like when I go to a race with my selfie stick; I know that they can DQ me for it. Okay, you know. <sighs> Sorry, I got all fired up about that. <laughs> mm. Super Engine says, "I turned forty this month." I'm running the 40th anniversary Twin, City, Twin Cities Marathon in October for my first marathon, anticipating a time over four hours, but we'll see how the training goes. All right, super cool. I hear that. I hear that's a really well-operated race. I also think it's hilly. Isn't it hilly? But I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of nice 40, fours in there, though, if you're looking for, like, a four-hour time, you know? 40, 40th anniversary four hours that I, I i like the repetition of the fours and zeros here david ernst ran his first half marathon this last weekend in atlanta awesome but he says miserable cold rain through the entire race but thought about your no motivation video and then pulled me through the last couple of miles awesome that's so great i'm glad you made it and congratulations on finishing and getting your uh setting your half marathon personal record 
you know what I was just thinking about? I was thinking about the Atlanta Half Marathon today because I was thinking also about the New York City Half Marathon coming up March 20th, same day as my LA Marathon race. I can't believe they double booked, but, you know, it's okay. But I just feel like what I'm really excited about is I don't feel, maybe it's just I wasn't following the news on that as closely, but I feel like there's a lot more attention being paid to half marathons right now. And I'm all for it. And I love it because I kind of prefer the half marathon distance to the marathon distance. But like, you know, I can't remember the last time an elite field was announced for a half marathon. But like Atlanta did it. New York is doing it. I mean, I think like in Valencia they do it because that's such a fast course for some reason. I don't know why. I want to run that race just to see why. But um, but I don't think that's terribly normal to have like an elite field announced for a half marathon. But I want to see more of it. I want to see, you know, and maybe it's because a lot of times they're used as tune-up races, rust busters or whatever. I don't care. Let's get some people in there. I like what the Atlanta Track Club did. They threw some money down. If anyone could break the Georgia record for half marathon time, you know, like I just thought that was a lot of fun and really good publicity for the race, for the sport, for the athletes. And I think it's good. I hope you enjoyed it, even though it was miserable and cold. I mean, I think that makes like, I mean, for me, in my mind, the last two big races run in Atlanta. I know that they did the, um, they got the, the uh, what is it, a Peachtree 10 mile, 10K, um, which are also a big race, and no disrespect to that. But like, I feel like the Atlanta Marathon Trials, cold, blustery day. The half marathon last weekend, cold and raining. It's not great weather. And it's very hilly in Atlanta. It's just a place where people go to really test their metal, I guess. And I'm glad you finished it, David. And, and it says, I was thinking of a run on my birthday this year again. A, 50, a 53K. 50 mile for my 50th was tough. It'd be good to do it with Pip. She's my 51K run with me a couple years ago. She can run that long? That's amazing. That would be a fun run to do together. I Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. My dog, I, I can't even take my dog to pick up the kids. A lot of parents, they'll bring their dogs to pick up the kids, and that way then like, all their friends are like, oh, your dog is so cute. And then once the weather's nicer, like the kids are like, can you bring Buddy? And I'm like, I don't think he's going to want to walk that far. <laughs> it's less than a mile. But, like, I just don't know if he can make it. I mean, he can. He's just, he, a lot, he'll, a lot of the time, I think I've told you guys this before too. He'll pretend that he's smelling something. I think so he can catch his breath, so he can catch up. I'll just like pull on the leash and like do that thing that French bulldogs do. I'll just like pull back. Not sit, but like pull, just pull. And he'd be like, he'll give me an eye. Like, we're going to wait right now. We're not moving. So a lot of times I end up carrying him if I bring him to pick up the kids. All right. I think that's a good place for me to leave it there for today, guys. Um, tomorrow there's not going to be a video. They will, tomorrow's Thursday though. So we'll have happy hour. I've got something fun planned for happy hour tomorrow. It's not a mukbang, but it is going to be a lot of tastings. So that'll be fun. Tune in tomorrow for that. Uh, same time as today, 1 PM central time. Hopefully I'll see you then. In the meantime, enjoy the fantastic weather and be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.